0: Welcome to Cornerstone. We're glad you're here. And uh, we are in the middle of our series called Bump. It's taken from the Old Testament book of Proverbs. And we're just allowing God's wisdom in the book of Proverbs to bump up against our life, trying to keep us on the right track, the right path, or to redirect our lives if we've gotten off of the right path. And we're looking at some major themes in the book of Proverbs, some things that Proverbs greatly emphasizes, because there's 31 chapters. There's no way we would take the time to go through exhaustively all the things that Proverbs touches on. But Proverbs does touch on some major things and spends a lot of time on these things. And and one of the things is our mouth, the words that we say, our speech. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. In fact, Proverbs has so much to say about our speech because much of the pain that we have caused others or that others have inflicted on us have come through the words that have been said. Proverbs 10:19 says, when words abound, transgression is inevitable, but the one who restrains his words is wise. It's almost like God is just simply saying, the more we talk, the more chance there is we're gonna say something that we regret, something that we wish we could take back, And one of the things I remind myself about words is that words are like toothpaste. Once they go out, you can't get it back in. And it doesn't matter whether we say, well, I didn't mean it, I didn't intend it, I'm sorry for it. Once our words are out there, they're out there. And so Proverbs has a lot of wisdom to teach us about our speech. Words make a difference in our lives. Their potential is limitless. Whether they're positive words like, you know, "great job," or "You're amazing," or negative words like, "You're a nobody, you'll never amount to anything." Words have shaped our lives. They have sent our lives, as well as other people's lives, on different trajectories, just because of the words that we have heard or the words that we have said to others. That's why. God is very strong here. In Proverbs 18:21, here's what God says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Can't get much stronger than that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I want us for a few moments to think about the impact that words have made on our lives. I mean, think back over your life to the positive words and the negative words And I just want to give you some personal examples that have stuck with me all these years from my own life. I want to go back first, all the way to the third grade, which for me was a long time ago, to Johnson Heights Elementary School in Cumberland, Maryland. I was on the playground. My third grade teacher, Mrs. Parker, I can still see her face after all these years. And she says, Jeff, go to the principal's office. Now, that wasn't the last time I went to the principal's office, but it was the first time I had ever been sent to the principal's office. And I'll never forget even the walk from the playground to the principal's office and the words that she said to me. A little bit later, I'll never forget that my friends or so-called friends were playing a pickup game. And I remember overhearing them say, "Oh, don't pick Jeff, he's too slow. And I remember thinking at that point, you know, those words of, I'm not good enough, I'm not accepted, you know, I'm too slow, whatever. They stick with you throughout our lives. And then I remember my driving instructor telling me I passed and I had my license. Now you've got to understand, the reason why that was so monumental for me is the first day of my driver's education class, I took our car out, I ran over a fire hydrant. So I didn't get started in driver's ed very well, and I had to take extra driver's ed during lunch and all of that, so when I finally got my license at 16 years of age and was able to drive, it was like that was huge for me. I never forgot that I passed, I made it. Another thing I remember is I I remember the time that I was in Coach Armstrong's office, who was our varsity basketball coach. And I so wanted to make the varsity basketball team at our high school. And I'll never forget when he said, Jeff, you, you made the team. It was like, yes, I made the varsity basketball team. Those words were important to me. I remember, and it's been over 25 years ago now, that when I asked my wife, Lisa, to marry me, she said yes. And I'll never forget those words. It was so good to hear her accept that proposal and go, all right, this is good. She, she wants to be uh, hooked up with me. I... I'll never forget those words. I'll never forget the words of a doctor that after our daughter Beth was born, uh, there were some complications and they had to rush her out of the room and I'll never forget standing there waiting for the doctor to come back and basically say that our daughter was going to be okay. I'll never forget those words. I'll also never forget the words of a doctor who told us when our son was 10 years old that he had juvenile diabetes I'll never forget the words of a doctor who told me that my father had terminal cancer and had less than six months to live. And for me, my dad wasn't just my dad, he was my best friend. I remember leaving that room after that doctor had delivered that news of my father and just feeling numb, feeling, as we say, like somebody punched you in the gut and And the walk from the hospital back to the car, I don't even remember anything after that. It was like all a blur. I remember a church in New York. I remember the words of acceptance and that the fact that they wanted me to be their pastor and would I come and be their pastor. And they were such positive words that I wanted to hear. But I also remember about nine years later that some of the leadership in that church called me into a meeting and basically said that, they no longer wanted me to be their pastor. And I remember the words were like that sting of rejection, and I remember even at that point questioning, should I even continue to be in the ministry and be a pastor, or should I seek some other uh, trajectory for my life? And so we know how powerful words are. It's hard to believe that it's been four years already since Pastor Lynn asked me to be a part of this team and this staff here at Cornerstone, and I'll never forget those words in these last four years have been wonderful for me here at Cornerstone. But probably the best words anyone ever told me in my life, and probably for you too, if you know the Lord is your personal savior, was that someday, somewhere, somebody told us that Jesus Christ loved us, loved us enough to die for us, to be buried, to be raised from the dead, that he wanted to spend eternity with me. He wanted to have a personal relationship with me. They were the most important words I ever heard. And probably the most important words I'll ever speak in a sense were the words I spoke back to God at that moment saying, God, and I want that. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to live the rest of my life for you, God. They were very important words. Jesus taught us. To love our neighbor as ourselves. In this case, to speak to others as we would want to be spoken to. That's why the Bible says things like, do not lie to one another. Speak the truth in love. Let your speech always be gracious. The reason why the Bible spends so much space encouraging us in the right use of speech is because of the harm and the hurt that can be done. In fact, speaking of the tongue, James in the New Testament says that um, a great forest fire is set by a small spark. We all know that to be true, whether we've lived or been around Southern California or here in Arizona, that many of these massive fires that cause a lot of damage started out with something really small. And we all know either in our lives or in the lives of other people that some people's lives have been ruined and damaged because of something that just started out really small and it grew and it grew and it grew. That's why James says the tongue can be full of deadly poison. Another verse I'd like you to consider from the book of Proverbs is this verse, Proverbs twelve eighteen, which says, Speaking recklessly is like the thrust of the sword. That's a pretty good visual. You know, many times the physical scars of our life that we've had through physical accidents or whatever, they heal, but sometimes the emotional and spiritual scars that are left by people's words are long still there after physical scars have healed. In fact, maybe some of you in this room, you still have a cloud over your head. You you still have scars in your life. You are on a path in your life or you are on a trajectory in your life because of what someone said. And that's why you're at the place in life that you are. That's why the Bible talks so much about our words. One of the things that Proverbs talks about in relationship to our speech is gossip. Gossip may not always be malicious in its intent but it is always damaging. The book of Proverbs says, a gossip separates the closest friends. I love this. Proverbs says, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And it's this great picture of you and I sometimes just continuing to throw wood on the fire. The, it would have it went out had somebody not continued to stir things up by continuing to throw wood there. And then the Bible also says this about gossip. The one who goes about gossiping reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with someone who is always opening his mouth. In fact, I've always said that if you and I are in a group that gossips, talks about other people when they're not around, do we not think that they're gonna talk about us when we're not around? Do we really wanna be part of a group like that and we all know that gossip truly does hurt other people and damage them we're also warned in the bible about the hypocrisy of our speech about not meaning or believing what we say i'm particularly conscious of this when i come to church and i even sing worship songs that I believe that God doesn't want me to sing or say anything that I really don't believe or mean. So that if I don't really believe or mean that I love the king and the king loves me, then I probably shouldn't be singing it. Because God wants the words that come out of my mouth to be words that I truly believe and truly mean. Now Jesus said this whole thing about our speech is really a heart issue. Jesus said, "The mouth speaks out of that which is in the heart." So that even though my words come out here, that what's fueling those words is this. And that when the Bible uses the word heart, it's not talking about the physical organ that pumps blood through our body. It's talking about the center of our emotions and will and being and choices and decisions and It's just the real us that exists here on the inside. Now, the good news about all that is that if I want my speech to change, if I want my speech to be less critical and hurtful and painful and damaging, then all I've got to do is give God my heart, and God will begin to change me at the heart level and transform me from the inside out. God can do heart transplants. I mean, I'm not talking about the physical heart transplant, but I am talking about a spiritual heart transplant where God can take my heart and he can change it. And when you and I let God change our heart, our speech will also change. The Bible says in the book of Samuel that God gave Saul another heart. David, who wrote many of the Psalms and was the king of Israel, said, God, create in me a pure heart. And in the New Testament, Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. That God is transforming us from the inside out. So that all we have to do is say, God, here's my heart, begin to change my heart so that what comes out of my mouth looks different. That's why the Bible says our words can also be harnessed. Because if I give God my heart, then God will be able to help me to harness my words. James says, no man can tame the tongue, but God can tame my tongue. God can give me the power that I need to keep my words and my speech and my mouth in check. That's why David said to God, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. In fact, ever since I read that verse years ago, that is something that I try to pray every day before I leave my house. In fact, I think it would be a good thing for every Christian to pray. Is that God set a guard over my mouth. Help me to keep my speech edifying. Help me to keep my speech under control. Help me to say things that will build up others and encourage others rather than tear them down and rip them apart. Help me, God. And I just believe by faith that God helps us when we ask him for help. I think another way that our speech can be harnessed is just by planning on encouraging others each day, to be intentional about it, to leave our homes and say, God, give me opportunities today to encourage people, and when I run into people at work or in my neighborhood or wherever or just out, help me to say something that's encouraging to them, that's going to build them up, that's going to make them feel better about the day rather than being so cutting and so so critical? You see, I think if we plan for that, that God will lay out those opportunities if we're sensitive to them. Our words can help. I don't want anyone here today to misunderstand the heart of where I'm coming from today. That Yes, the, the Bible says that many times the wrong words at the wrong time can do a lot of damage and a lot of hurt and a lot of harm, but let's not miss the balance of that, and that is that, The right words at the right time can also be just as powerful and just as positive. Yes, there are times where we need to maybe ask God to help us keep our mouth shut or to say something in a different way or to say it at a different time. But there's also times where God says, speak up. Or as the lyrics of the recent hit by John Mayer, say what you need to say. And sometimes that's what we need to do. In fact, the book of Ecclesiastes says, there's a time to be silent and there's a time to speak. And sometimes God wants us to speak, to speak out and to speak up. In fact, the book of Proverbs says it this way, Proverbs 15:23, A person has joy in giving an appropriate answer and a word at the right time, how good it is. I think God modeled this for us way back at the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis, when things got started. First of all, let's remember something that causes folks confusion. When God created the universe, he created it with the appearance of age. When he created Adam and Eve, they were full-grown adults, they weren't babies. So when God created the mountains and and the trees, They already had an appearance of age, even though they could have been seconds old. And another thing God did on purpose when he created the world was even though God had all the power to be able to create the universe with perfect order from the very beginning, that he chose not to do it as an example to you and I of the power of our words. Because if you read back in the book of Genesis chapter one, when things got going, The earth was without shape, was was without form. It was sort of disorderly. And one of the main phrases you see throughout Genesis 1 is, and God said, and God said, and God said. And every time God's words would come into the picture, he would bring order out of disorder. He would bring clarity out of confusion. He would bring light into darkness. And he didn't do that because He had to. He did that because he wanted to show us an example of if we follow him in our speech, that there are times in our life where if we speak up and say the right thing at the right time, we can also bring light into darkness. We can bring order into disorder. We can bring clarity into confusing situations. So God wants us to use our speech in a positive way just a little further in the book of Genesis. You have the story that most of us know of the serpent tempting Eve with the fruit, you know, telling Eve, God really doesn't have your best interest at heart, and he really doesn't know what he's talking about, and you need to listen to me, and, and all of that. And Eve's conversing with the serpent, and what many people don't know that Genesis tells us is that Adam was right there the whole time, just never opened up his mouth. How tragic. At any time, Adam could have spoke up and said, Eve, let's get out of here. Eve, don't listen to the serpent. Eve, let's remember what God has already said. Adam said nothing. And sometimes the worst thing we can do in our lives is to say the wrong thing, but sometimes the worst thing we can also do is to say nothing. So there's a time to be silent, But there's also a time to speak. Because let's be reminded of the power of words. Listen to the power in these words. I'm sorry. Thank you. I appreciate you. I believe in you. I forgive you. I love you. I release you. I get you. I support you, I'm praying for you, you are special. And as I wrote those words down, one of the things that came to my mind is that most of those words, God has verbalized to us in the Bible, that there are places all through the Bible where God has said to us. I appreciate you, I believe in you, I forgive you, I love you, I release you, I get you, I support you, I'm praying for you, you are special. It's one of the reasons why we encourage Christians to read the Bible and to study it. Because God has given us his word to encourage us. And if we never read it, If we never study it, we're going to go through life without the support of the word of God in our lives. May we never underestimate the power of our words. Folks, we cannot physically forget the hurtful, painful words that have been said to us throughout our lives. But we can choose to move on And not allow those words to define our lives. In fact, again, maybe some of you here today, the path that you are on in life right now, the trajectory that your life has taken, is all because of some of the words of some people from your past who have put you in this box, and you've allowed them to put you in this box, or on this path, or on this trajectory. And my encouragement to all people everywhere is, let God be the one to define your life, and he alone. Let him be the one to define who you are and what you become. Let the word of God saturate your mind and my mind. Let the power of his word take over our lives. And from this point on, I'm going to just ask, too, that God would help all of us, because it's a struggle for all of us, that God would help all of us as human beings to focus on the positive, encouraging words we hear rather than the negative, hurtful, painful words that we hear. Because it's just human that you and I, throughout a day, could have 100 comments. 99 of them could be positive. But you and I are going to focus on the one critical, hurtful, Painful comment, more than we are, the 99 positive comments. That, that's just the way we are. And, and I have to ask God, God, help me to focus on the positive. Help me to focus on truth. Help me to focus on your word rather than on those critical, hurtful, painful words that sometimes comes out of the mouth of others around us. You see, each of us can choose each day to encourage and bless others by what we say. In fact, this afternoon, I chose to want to leave you folks with a blessing from the Bible itself. It is a blessing that God wanted the priests of Israel to give to the people of Israel in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament, and I wanna pass this blessing along to you today. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless each and every one of you folks. Don't forget how special you are to God. Let's pray. God, give us the words, the words today that maybe we need to say to ourselves, the words that, Lord, maybe we need to say to others, maybe even, Lord, the words that we need to say to you today. And God, thank you for the reminder of how impactful, how powerful words are in our lives. That for many of us, The reason we are where we are could be because of the words, positively or negatively, of other people throughout our lives. And God, I just pray that all of us, if we truly get that today, would choose to commit ourselves to speech that will build up, speech that will edify, speech that will encourage and that will heal, rather than speech. That can be so damaging, so painful, so hurtful, that can inflict scars, that can last a lifetime. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the words that you've said to us. They are truly empowering words that we can live by. So God, remind us of those words today. These things we ask in Jesus' name, amen.